Hello, everyone. It is Jack, and you're listening to the Dev90X podcast. Today is day 44, and it's a Sunday, and we are one day out from the halfway point. So major, major milestone we're about to hit, which feels amazing. This podcast is definitely not easy to do every single day. And um, I'm really glad that I planned out yesterday's podcast in advance because um, as you would have heard if you, if you were listening on Friday, I went to trek Mount Batur in Bali on Saturday morning. The trek itself started at, well, more like a hike, to be honest. The hike started at 3.30 a.m., and we got to the summit just before sunrise uh, and back by 9.30. So it was about six hours in total. And it was such a good time. Honestly, it was like an amazing adventure. Um, definitely got out of my routine, definitely out of my comfort zone a little bit and um, burned some calories, got some good photos, spent some good time with my friends. Such a good time. I love hiking. It's uh, yeah, it's good for the mind as well. So that was my weekend recap. Um, it is Sunday and I definitely did get some work done today. I actually just recorded this podcast and for some reason the recording stopped after five minutes. I have no idea why, uh, but here I am recording it again. It's one of those things that is extremely annoying when it happens, uh, but sometimes these things just happen and you just gotta live with it. Could be worse. <laughs> so I did some work today. I was going to go to Ecstatic Dance, which is on Sundays, but I was a little, I'm still a bit tired and the podcast has me in its grasp of accountability right now. So I decided that I would work on this very fine and lovely Sunday in Bali. So I went and went to my favorite cafe, got myself a pro, uh, keto not protein. They do they do protein waffles as well. A keto waffle and worked on my app. So let's let's talk about that. Uh, the title of today's episode is It's Time for Rapid Iteration. And I'm really feeling now that that all the pieces are sort of together. And I've got my app running on my phone now. I've got the development environment set up. Uh, the build is working. There's no errors. It's a good code base. It's really well commented. It's really well organized, really well structured. The only thing that I would change if I could change it, I guess, is to use, to use Swift UI instead of UIKit. But that's, that's okay because the code base itself is extremely good. Um, I'm finding it very enlightening, <laughs> to say the least, as I'm reading through the code base understanding it, reading the comments, and, and I'm just learning so much. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is the way code is supposed to be written. This is amazing. Uh, and it's written by some Apple engineers, so it's definitely good quality. So I'm finding it a lot easier now to um, iterate, iterate on things. The main priority is to improve the prediction of the, sorry, the performance of the predictions coming out of the model. Uh, and there's two, there's two main things that need to happen with this. Number one is it can't have false positives. So that one is 
kind of a challenging one to prevent. A false positive is where it, it said that there was somebody doing a handstand when actually there wasn't. And if you see a false positive spring up, then you kind of immediately lose confidence in the model because it's like, hang on a second. Um, it can't even like, like it can't, it can't tell what isn't a handstand. And that's sort of the most important thing because otherwise it's so easy to cheat and then the whole thing kind of falls apart. Um, cheating is a whole thing that <laughs> is going to be a, like a long-term goal to make the game harder for everyone and more competitive and more fair, like level the playing field in a way. Um, as of course, there's always going to be people who try to cut corners because they just want to get like the, you know, the in-game rep, the, the levels, they want to get the achievements, they want to get the badges, they want to get on the leaderboard and all those things without doing the, the work, without putting in the hard yards. This happens in every game. Um, but the starting at the very beginning is just like, all right, let's make it, let's make it so that the model does not do false positives. And that'll be a combination of more training. So I do have to now go back to create ML, go back to Instagram, go back to harvesting data, editing video clips, putting them in their folders, getting all that training data uh, together and organized and labeled and all of that stuff um, and retraining the model. One thing I did learn is, or realized, I guess, is that uh, as I'm thinking about this problem, um, going back to sort of a high level kind of problem solving mode is that the, this could be improved a lot using a logic layer. So let's say, let's call it like this, handstand sage or something like that. It's like the final layer that spits out the final prediction is actually one after the AI. And that's after doing some logic processing on it. You can't do logic processing in the AI itself. It just, it's like a black box of, you know, infinite complexity where it has like a million, let's just sound just kind of, um, kind of extrapolating a little bit, but it's got like a million little dials. And as the, as the data goes through all those little dials, um, it gets kind of nudged in a different direction. And then you get eventually all those little data nodes kind of converge onto one final output, which is like your prediction. Of course, some don't make it to that final output and they go and they increase the probability for other predictions. But ultimately, hopefully, the way that you've trained it and the way that all the dials have been like configured, uh, it gets it right. It gets what you actually want it to get. Um, and that can, that can be improved with just more data, just more data. But it does get to a point of diminishing returns. At the moment, I can probably budget for another week of just getting data, labeling it, edit editing it, training the model. And that'll take the prediction accuracy from where, it, where it's at now, which is in the 60 to 70% range, up to the 80 to 90% range, which will be much better for showing people my app and testing the app. Um, as now I'm starting to get it out there and start to sh starting to show people what it, what it can do so they can get an idea of the concept um, and to get some more feedback on the overall concept. It doesn't look so great if it's spitting out all these false positives and false negatives. And so I'll definitely get a lot more, and people, people do not understand 
AI at all. So they have no concept of like, well, is this an easy problem for you to fix or is this a hard problem? Like, is this as good as it's going to be? Because if so, it's not good enough. Not good enough, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so yeah, more data. The other thing is the, um, the sage. So the handstand sage is the logic center, the logic brain. So <laughs> the AI in a way is kind of really stupid. It's just extremely complex, but has no actual intelligence. Like it just, it takes what you give it and it crunches that. And through a black box of infinite complexity, we'll just spit out something in the end, but it has no idea really if that's the right thing. It just knows what it's been trained on. Um, whereas, you know, a human can use logic to say, like, hang on a second, that, I'm not sure that's quite true. Uh, logically speaking, that should be impossible. And so there definitely should be a logic layer as well. Um, for example, if the handstand model says, I see somebody doing other, so other could be anything, any other pose that's not a handstand. And then the next second, so it makes a prediction every 30 frames, which is every one second. So it's kind of like this like cadence of predictions, you know, like a metronome of predictions. So it's like boom, 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 boom. And that's a lot of predictions. So it should be fairly consistent as we know in reality using logic that poses don't change that often. You know, if somebody's walking and then they... Uh, then they do a cartwheel, that whole thing might be two seconds rather than one second. And so there's some logic there that we can say like, did that person really go from walking to cartwheel in you know, one second? <laughs> and the probability of that could, should, could potentially be lower than um, if the model just says that's what's happening. Of course, the model itself has its own confidence amount. So it could say, I'm, you know, 67% sure that's a handstand or I'm 98% sure that's a handstand. Um, so that's also something to factor in as well. But logically, we could say that if it goes from other directly to handstand and it skips entry into handstand, then we can dial it down. We can dial that confidence down using the logic. And let's say another one, which is um, really tricky to train into the model is the differentiation between a headstand and a handstand. Because oftentimes the, the forearms are occluded in the image by, you know, if somebody's got long hair, like if it's a girl with long hair, her hair will be like covering her arms when she's in a handstand. And that occlusion makes it, pos uh, makes it difficult for the vision model to see the arms in the, in the first place. And when it can't see the arms, it still does its best to make a prediction, but it's, it, usually thinks that it's a handstand because um, it can't see the arms and it just has to it just has to do its best. It doesn't know that that person's on the floor. It doesn't know where the plane of the floor is. It doesn't know any of these things. It's just a black kind of, it's, you know, it's sort of just a floating thing in space. And it just says, all right, can't see the arms. Um, based on the rest of the body, it's all vertical and it's upside down. Uh, yeah, it's probably a handstand. When in reality, it's a handstand. And so using logic to go from a handstand to a headstand and then back to a handstand within two seconds is pretty difficult to do. Not many people can do that. And so using logic, we can say that that did not happen and we're going to cancel that out. So the point I'm trying to make here is that logic can definitely play a big role in eliminating false positives and eliminating false negatives.
Um, so that's, yeah, uh, that's what I'm doing. I, I went into the app and I changed the threshold for the confidence of the post predictions from 60% down to 35%. So now I can see more of what's, what it's spitting out. Whereas previously, if it was below 60% confidence, it would just say, no, like lacking confidence or not enough confidence. Um, when I would actually prefer in this testing phase to be able to see pretty much everything that it's spitting out, even if it's low confidence. Um, and I also worked a little bit more on implementing the sound effects, although I have failed in my first implementation of this. And I have to figure out why it's not working, uh, but that's okay. I'm I'm just I'm just a beginner, <laughs> and I'm not understanding something. So that's pretty much what we got going on. Um, Jack's hack for today is that it's okay to keep relearning the basics because the basics are the most important to understand really well. Um, so this, this comes about because when, you, when you're in the resource search phase where you're searching for resources to learn from and to absorb and consume, a lot of these resources are structured in a synchronous way. So they're, ex they're designed so that you would, you would consume them in order from start to finish. You know, like lecture series from Stanford, start to finish. Udemy courses, start to finish. Um, you know, 100 Days of Swift, start to finish. There's, and you know, like even... Um, even like this app that I'm on now, uh, Unwrap, it's by the same guy who made 100 Days of Swift. That's also kind of like start, it doesn't have to be start to finish, but in a way it's like designed better to be start to finish. Um, and you inevitably, when you jump from resource to resource, you inevitably end up, end up covering the basics over and over and over again as you try to kind of progress through each resource. There are definitely pros and cons to this. Uh, the con is that you, you spend longer on the basics when you still do need to learn the more advanced things, definitely. Um, but the pro to that is that you learn the basics really well. And as you may be pushing forward deeper into one resource and then picking up some other resources kind of on the side in your spare time or in, in downtime or whatever, um, for example, like my time on the treadmill, my power hour on the treadmill, I don't want to be watching a Stanford lecture because I want to be focused for that. But it's, you know, it's time that I could still use. So I just throw on a random playlist on YouTube and I just, you know, kind of go over the basics again. And that's okay. And I've, I've been finding that that's actually really good. Um, so it is okay to keep relearning the basics. It does make sense now to me why you would want to stay focused on one thing from start to finish, uh, as that is the fastest way to sort of go deep into something, into a learning resource. But at the same time, um, I don't know. I'm not always in the mood to just stick on one thing. Maybe, I, <laughs> maybe I'm a little bit, um, what's, uh, what's the word? Right. You know, maybe I just, I struggle with focus sometimes, but I just find it more interesting to be sort of bouncing around with resources a little bit more. And I've also found that if you're, focus is primarily on your project. So um, yeah, my focus at the moment is primarily on the project because things are moving with that and 
that's ultimately what the whole learning thing is for, is to progress this project forward. Um, I found that if your focus is on the, on the project, then the learning resources can, I mean, it doesn't really make sense to have a synchronized approach to learning where you're doing everything from start to finish. Because most of the time you're trying to figure out how to implement one thing that you want to implement. So, you know, it might be like, how do I change this? How do I change this view to look the way I want it to look? And then you go and find out exactly how to do that. And then it's like, oh, how do I implement sound effects? Or how do I implement an animation that looks like this? And then you go and find out exactly how to do that. And so it's more targeted approach and it's never synchronous ever, ever, ever in that, in that regard. And so that's also another why, reason why it's okay to keep relearning the basics because it probably means that you're focused on your project. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. That's, that's what it probably means to me anyway. <laughs> uh, so that's it for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. It's, it's Sunday, day 44. Tomorrow's Monday. It's a new week. And tomorrow I am doing an experiment. Um, for the first time, I am doing a work trade with one of my friends. And in this work trade, I, we're going to do like rock, paper, scissors and figure out who goes first. And um, first two hours will be focused on his project. And then the second two hours will be focused on my project. And so we're just going to like basically just help each other out with whatever we need to do for two hours. It's the first time that I will have anyone else working together with me on Handstander. And... I am pretty excited to see how this goes. So tomorrow's podcast will probably be about that. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone. And I'll talk to you again tomorrow.